2: Thanks for checking in. It is Follow the Money here on v The Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss along with Matt Humans, As uh, Paulie is out this week and we are live in downtown Las Vegas. Circa Resort and Casino is your spot. Fun show lined up for you today on the program. Michael Lombardi in an hour. Uh, we will talk to him about a National Football League as we have so much going on in that sport uh, from the weekend. Big news in the, well, do I call it big news? Can we call it Instagram story big news from Friday night? But what sportsbooks did here in Las Vegas and beyond and how they operated with the uh, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams when they had a source call in and say that he's going to retire, that's coming up in an hour. Chris Felica on college football and Wes Reynolds on the Olympics to close up shot. Matt, good morning. How are you today?
0: Hey, good. How about you? How was your weekend?
2: Kind of uneventful. But uh, that was good, actually. I took in a sometimes, lot of sometimes.
0: Co- sometimes that can be good. Yeah.
2: You're right. I think I, you know, I took in a lot of college football, uh, watched a lot of VSN podcasts, reading that kind of thing. Watched a lot of Olympics. Mm-hmm. So, I would say it was, uh, yeah, necessary to get it in. But now I feel like I'm in a pretty decent spot as college football is like right around the corner now. And I know we've been saying that for like three weeks, but it's like a month away now.
0: Well, it's just like you. I've spent a lot of time in the past uh, week or two. Uh, researching college football, reading everything possible. You, you kind of get fired up. Last night I was sitting there thinking, you know, NFL camp's open this week. Football season's here, right? Yep. It basically is here now. So uh, we have a lot to talk about today with Michael Lombardi. Uh, I have a Packers win total for you with no Aaron Rodgers uh, from Rex Byers at the Westgate that's going to surprise you. And uh, uh. Plenty more to talk about in the NFL and college football. Good to have the Bear back on the show yeah, today. Yeah, it's going to be good to
2: talk to him. Maybe we'll get a pick on uh, Olympic men's golf, who's going to win gold there, with now no Rom, no Deschambo, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Colin Morikawa is the shortest shot on the board. Your Vikings plus 350 bet to win the North is the best bet that, well, now, I mean, obviously. But that's why, I mean, you can get down to the stuff like back in May, whenever you did it, you know,
0: June? Yeah, it was May. It was May. I went back and looked through all my tickets last night to make sure I still had it. And, uh, yeah, it's right there at the bottom of the pile from May. Vikings plus three fifty to win the NFC North.
2: So, Matt, I'm looking right now at updated odds to win gold men's basketball over in Tokyo, and Team USA now is down to a two dollar favorite. <laughs> Australia is plus six fifty. <clears throat> Spain is eight to one. France, the team that uh, took care of USA yesterday, ten to one. And uh, last night, earlier today, depending on where you are and how you look at it. Slovenia with uh, Luca took care of Argentina, 118-110. to 110. Shouldn't the USA be playing in games like that? Luka had 48.
0: Yeah. is amazing. Uh, it's kind cool hand Luka. This guy is uh, going to be a future MVP in the NBA, and uh, he's carrying this Slovenia team in the Olympics. You had a lot to talk about with Olympic basketball too, Mitch. Last week I wrote the column in Point Spread Weekly on this and said the USA basketball hopes to avoid a fiasco in Tokyo. And the opening game was a fiasco. When you get outscored sixteen 16-2 to finish the game and lose to France. But it's just one game. Is it only one game? That's that's what you have to tell yourself if you're Greg Popovich yeah. or uh, the U.S. players. How is it possible that a guy who attended a, an NBA Finals
2: parade, right? Was the best player. Flew like 18 hours over to Tokyo, got there at 1 o'clock the day of the game... And you're right, if it wasn't for him in the fourth quarter, they'd probably get blown out. Drew Holiday.
0: Drew Holiday was probably the best player for Team USA. Yeah, Makes no sense whatsoever. None,
2: none. Durant was in foul trouble.
0: I was really disappointed in the way Kevin Durant and Damian Lillard shot the ball. I mean, Those are your two offensive stars. Those guys have got to carry you in that game. And uh, Durant and Lillard did not uh, do their jobs. They did not. They did not. So again, looking at some of these odds right now, um, DraftKings,
2: they have a great menu, like winner without Team USA involved, right? Australia, mm-hmm. now the favorites there, um, they have to win a medal. The group winner, now France, is like a $5 fi- uh, favorite, rightfully so, because they have that win now over USA. Uh, Finalist team to reach the semifinals, all of this stuff. But if you go back and look at uh, Olympic history, and I actually do, uh, I consider myself a huge fan of um, FIBA and USA hoops in particular. And I talked about this on it was on the Thursday or Friday of last week when Adam Hill was sitting in. I go back all the way to 2004 with Adam when the team was playing over in Athens. And like we would have plans the night before. Okay, they're going to tip off at 3.30 in the morning. Let's go meet at a Buffalo Wild Wings, whatever. And we'll watch Team USA. And it was not a well-constructed team whatsoever back now 17 years ago. And I'll tell you why here coming up in a second. Welcome into the program today. This is Follow the Money here on VSIN. The Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss along with Matt Humans, In for who's out uh, today. And we are live in downtown Las Vegas at Circa Resort and Casino. So back in 2004, when I watched every single game, I was actually... You know, this might sound unpatriotic. It absolutely is not. I was rooting against Team USA back in 2004 because I thought the state of the NBA was in a really bad spot. I hated the... You know, now we call it ISO ball. Back right. then it was more one-on-one. And in 2003, they got destroyed at the Pan Am Games, and they finished sixth. And the only three guys who said they're going to go play in 2004, Tim Duncan, Allen Iverson, and Richard Jefferson. And they had to cobble together the rest of the team, and they used like all second-year guys or players who were going to be in their second year, and they're coming off the rookie season. Wade was there. James was there. Carmelo Anthony was there. And they weren't taking it seriously. This was before Jerry Colangelo said, Look, We need to get back to basics of this thing. Mm -hmm. We need to go back and win gold every single year. we got to take this seriously. And that's when they created these, you know, the Team USA summer camps out here in Las Vegas, and they did that every single year to prepare. And it was awesome. And then in 2008, they started killing every single country yet again, and all the players were, you know, it was Kobe again, and the best players in the world were going at it. This kind of has that same feel to it. And in FIBA basketball, the rules are different, Matt. And some of the stuff that I personally don't like in the NBA today, the the bully ball crap, yeah. James Harden, not not the bully ball, but the, um, uh, the the way that they try to get the you know they try to get the defenders in the air, and they then you know go like this with their body and they jackknife shots. Yeah, it's all trying up to in the bait air. the
0: officials on the calls.
2: It's crap, right? Yeah. And that's yeah. James Harden, Trey Young. We see it more and more and more and more. You're not going to get away with that in FIBA. Nah. So guys, you need to adjust.
0: Yeah, actually, the uh, U.S.'s winning streak in Olympic play was stopped at 25 games. The last time Team USA lost, 2004. You're talking about that. uh, Team USA's uh, last loss in the Olympics was 2004 against Argentina. That was in Athens. And, uh, yeah, I think there was a commitment by a lot of you guys, Kobe included, to put uh, Team USA back on top and bring it back. But, Mitch, I think this is a a sign of what's to come here in the future because – the more money these guys make, 20, 30-plus million a year, uh, the less motivated they're going to be to show up and play for Team USA in, in the Olympics, right? And it, just look at the number of players, superstars and young stars in the NBA who are missing off this roster. That aside, there's still enough talent here to win the gold medal. I think the problems are that uh, Team USA just has not had much practice time. You're still, you can say, yes, this is the most talented team in the world. But basketball doesn't always work that way. the The team that plays most like a team sometimes is right. uh, going to be most successful. France played more like a team yesterday. Actually, I, I thought uh, Popovich even got out coached. I hate to say that, but I think Pop got out coached yesterday. Uh, France used a big lineup. U.S. couldn't get to the rim and really couldn't adjust. There really are no skilled big guys on this team on this uh, USA team. Yeah. Right. I saw Pop talking about, well, our big guys are Draymond Green, and Draymond Green's like six five, six six. Yeah, right. <laughs> the U.S. got outscored 25-11 to 11 in the third quarter. So there are a lot of issues here to talk about, but as, as far as betting is concerned, is this a buy-low spot on Team USA now? Minus at 200 to win the gold medal. I, th- I think a lot of people have had their confidence shaken. I know JVT was on with us a couple times last week. And, you know, he was laughing and saying, you know, it's just going to take time. This team's going to be fine. Everything's going to be okay. And I'm not so sure everything's going to be okay. But at what point are you getting uh, the USA at a rock-bottom price to win the gold, gold medal? Is 200 it? We, we haven't seen this type of price in nope. the U.S. to win the gold medal in more than two decades. Oh, my God, Matt. It's been, what do you think they were in 1992? 1992, the price was uh, $1 to 20
2: is that accurate?
0: Yeah. They're, oh, my God. The price is 1 to 20. So this year it was uh, 1 to 5. U.S. minus 500. That's 1 to 5 odds. And 1992 is 1 to 20. And I talked with Jeff Sherman at the Westgate Superbook about this. The true odds on that team in 1992? Oh 1 to 100, Oh, probably. yeah, maybe more than that. Yeah. Uh, so the USA at minus uh, 1 to 2 right now, minus 200. Still an odds on favorite, I think. It, it does make you think a little bit, like, hey, They've got these. Uh, they got the reinforcements from the NBA Finals team. They got a little bit more practice time. I still think they got a, a you know a pretty good shot to win the gold medal. Do you lay two hundred, or you just say you know what this team doesn't have it? What what are you inclined to do?
2: Well, Adam Hill and I kicked around on Friday uh, the same question when it was minus three dollars because some books actually had minus three dollars last week before they played France, mm-hmm. and we said I think probably minus three at that time is a good it's a good point to jump in. Well, if we said it back then and they lost to France, do we get completely frightened of what we said, or do we actually say minus two dollars even better right now because they're going to come out of their pool play? I mean, the, the Czech Republic can, I, from all accounts, they can give them a run potentially. Yeah. They're now put it this way, Matt, against Iran in their next game, they opened up thirty-seven and a half point favorites. They're thirty-nine and a half. Okay, if they lose that <laughs> game, just ne- they should never be allowed to play in Olympic <laughs> basketball ever again. You're right. Okay, so they're, they're gonna they should blow them out. By halftime, um, I think they're going to come out of the pool stage, and that's pretty safe to say. Right. But yeah, minus two dollars because you're what you just said is spot on too. The biggest worry is probably the the practice time. They've had like essentially this co- this core right now that we're talking about. How much time have they actually had together? A handful,
0: a handful of practice. Exactly right. It's not
2: enough. No. So I think it will come together, and you know that 1992 team is a reason why we're seeing this team now. Lose occasionally, right? Yeah. Because the world said, "Okay, well, we're going to get much better." It became a global sport. All you know, David Stern had this vision that he wanted the NBA to become a much more global, and it did, mm-hmm. right? Did we not see that last week with the Anasanta Sure,
0: of
2: course we did. I mean, if it wasn't Great example. for example, yeah. I mean, it's and how many guys look at Luca again? A couple hours ago, scored forty-eight points. They scored one hundred and eighteen for yeah. Slovenia. I mean, he might be the. He's one of the what top two, three players in the NBA today. Yeah. So that coupled with, I'll throw you some names here. There's all, you know, we had the pandemic. It was supposed to be a year ago. Guys who are aging vets who have done this before, you know, some of them over and over and over again who are now mid to late thirties coming off of injuries. I mean, LeBron missed a lot of games this year. LeBron has never missed a lot of games in his career. Mm -hmm. He did really for the first time this season. I think LeBron gets a break for not going over there and playing again. Sure. You know, Steph Curry is 33 years old. He's not there. James Harden. James Harden. The injuries for him. You know, Chris Paul's not over there.
0: All three of those guys we just talked about there, LeBron, Curry, and Harden, have all had injuries to deal with in the past couple of years. Absolutely. You can't, you know, after a long NBA season, I don't think you expect these guys to say, hey, I don't need a summer vacation. I don't need time to rest my body. I'm going to go play in the Olympics. So I think fewer and fewer stars are going to play on teams like this. I think so. Chris Paul's 36 years old. Yeah. They
2: just played until, you know, last week. Anthony Davis, how many games did he miss this year? And uh, another guy is Kyrie Irving. Mm -hmm. You know, all of them could be on the roster, I suppose, but they would have essentially zero offseason, and they're coming, a lot of those guys I just named, basically all of them are coming off of pretty severe injuries. You know
0: who I'd like to see on this team who's not there is Trey Young. Yeah. Uh, You know, you talked about young stars in the NBA, Ja Morant, Zion Williamson, Trey, where's Trey Young? You know, he should be on a team like this. You, You definitely need offense. You could see that yesterday. When KD and Damian Lillard can't hit shots, you gotta have somebody who can hit shots, and you, you gotta do a better job constructing the roster too. Like uh, when you see a, a rim protector like Rudy Gobert, and then you look at the U.S. team, and say, "Who's the rim protector on this team?" Yep, don't really have one. And you were talking about FIBA rules being different too. <laughs> you know the the goaltending where you can swat the ball off the rim. The U.S. doesn't take advantage of that. No, you're right. Right,
2: you're right. Um. So we talked about that again. When when players go out there and they're hunting for fouls, yeah. you can't do that because it's it's BS anyway, and we hate those rules. Right? Uh, bully ball is actually you can get away with bully ball at this level. So do they have the guys out there on the team right now that will actually take advantage of that? And uh, you know these other teams have been playing with for you know with each other for a long, long time. And like like you said, I mean they've had a handful of practices maybe at this point, and guys are not even getting over there until. Extremely late last week. Again, Drew Holiday from All Reports got there at one a.m. the day of the game.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. And he was the best player with eighteen points and seven rebounds. Eighty-three to seventy-six. Here's one reason you would not be scared off uh, Team USA, and you might be inclined to lay the minus two hundred to win the gold. Is hey, this team was up, uh, what was it, 74 67 with uh, what three and a half minutes ago, yeah. three or four minutes ago in the game, seventy-four sixty-seven. You say, well, they played well enough to beat France. And uh, they were right there, and they got out. You at team USA got outscored sixteen to two to finish the game. Sixteen to two to lose the game eighty-three to seventy-six. The end game was a disaster for wow. Team USA. Uh, but if you look at the way uh, the U.S. team played in the first half, you say, it was pretty good basketball. It's good enough to win a gold medal with the talent and the fact that it's only the first game of the Olympics. So I, if, if you look at it that way, you could say minus two hundred is could be a buy point for you. Uh, but I can also see how people would say, well, your confidence is going to be rattled in this team. The roster's not really constructed well. Uh, is another week even going to be enough time to get uh, things together? It's really not not enough. If you think about the 1992 Dream Team, that team had a lot of time to practice. Together. Oh, yes, they did. They didn't really need it. No. But they had, I think, the closest game that team had was like 32 points. Uh, but that team had a lot of practice time. This team's had very little. Uh, so, yeah, it's not going to be easy. We knew that going into it, uh, but you just you scratch your head and say, "How can this team get outscored 16 to two to finish the game?" Yep. with Pop on the bench and KD and Durant on the floor. I do. I will say one thing, Mitch. Watching what I did yesterday, this team's not running any plays on the offensive end. Yeah, you're right. This is kind of like uh, going at it on the fly. It's uh, I don't I don't even know what to call the offensive system what the U.S. is running on the offensive end, but it's uh. They were overpassing, and um, they wrote. Really, uh, and I don't want to say I don't want to see isolation basketball, where you dump it into the post, and one guy dribbles around till he can get his own shot off. But I, they really ran no plays, and uh, I think that's probably one of the biggest issues Pop's got with his team is they got to figure something out on the offensive end.
2: Yeah, Pop said because of the uh, shortened, like um, you know, offseason to get ready for this, rather than going with set plays, they're going to run run concepts on offense. So maybe that's a problem, and. You know, according to reports, players were heard going back to the locker room complaining that they were running the Spurs' offense. (laughs) Which I'm not going to buy into that. I mean, um, as an excuse, I think it's absolute nonsense if they would say that. Mm -hmm. Popovich is one of the best NBA coaches we've ever seen. Sure. Now, if you go back, you know, 18, 19, 20 years ago, the Spurs it was a tough watch because they won defensive games a lot of times, and they were winning, you know, in the playoffs. What 83-76? But as he progressed. 2013, 2014, that team with Kawhi on it, Danny Green, Tim Duncan, they—that was some of the best basketball you'll ever watch. When they took apart the Heat in five games of the 2014 NBA Finals, how could you not look at that and say it's beautiful basketball? It was a joy to watch, and you're telling me Pop can't possibly run the same offense? With some of the best players in the entire country, come
0: on. And you also think, you know, you're right. That was beautiful basketball. That was that was a masterpiece to watch on the offensive end, yeah. all the ball movement, and you, it's something that we just weren't seeing, used to seeing in the NBA much. Yeah, you had a flow and ball movement, and flow on the offensive end of the floor, and you don't see that a lot. The Spurs, those Spurs teams, obviously were together for a long time, mm-hmm. and uh, they were a cohesive unit, which this team is not.
2: Minus $2, I think, is actually. I, I absolutely think I'm going to co- go in on this.
0: Let's put it this way. Yep. If if you bet Australia before the tournament, let's say somewhere around the 15 to 20 to 1 range, that price was out there between 14 to 20 to 1. I think right now you got to look at laying the $2 with the U.S. because I, I really believe those are the only two teams that can win it. Yeah. I don't, I don't think Spain can win the whole thing. I don't think They're France. Too old. Right. Spain's too old. France despite what happened yesterday I don't mm. think for France has the offensive firepower yep, same here. Uh, to win this tournament. Uh, Luka Doncic can he carry Slovenia all the way to the title? I, I'm not sure if one guy could do it. So it's probably the USA and Australia. Yeah. But hey man it makes this tournament worth watching, right? I would say so, right? Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean competitive games here. Uh again, you know, is Luka Oh my god. Again 48 Earlier this morning, they shot 43 threes, I believe. Mm-hmm. It's 16 of them, I think. Is he good enough with the players that he has on that team? They have, you know, Drogic is on the team. They have a couple of other recognizable names. Can he be that good where he could actually carry this team? They were 14 to 1, I think I saw at one spot last night, and even 20 to 1 to win this thing, to take home gold.
0: Yeah, I saw that too. 20 to 1 or even higher yeah. in some spots. Uh, I don't know. I'll tell That's... you the truth. I haven't had a chance to watch him play much, but I, w- I would think that it's going to take a superhuman effort. We know Luke is good enough. Yeah, right, I don't know if right. the surrounding cast is good enough. I,
2: I'm not so sure either. Have you watched much of the Olympics outside of uh, basketball and some I, other I
0: stuff? To say quickly, one thing I did watch, and it's funny because I'm not a big Olympics fan, uh, but when the, when the games get going, and especially when the events are on in the middle of the night when I'm up, yep. like we are right now, yep. uh, a couple nights ago I was watching the women's three-on-three basketball. What do you think? I liked it.
2: Okay, all right. I saw nothing but negativity on Twitter about that. Uh, I'm like, what are you guys
0: watching? This is fantastic. I watched Japan against the Russian Olympic Committee. Yeah, and the Russians, uh, the Russian team's got these two skyscraper girls. Uh, had to be, I don't know. I'm going to say six, six, eight. I'm doing, yeah, between six five and six eight. Uh-huh. Compared to the Japanese team, they looked like they were seven footers. But the the Japanese team had this little girl number 23 her name is Yamamoto and uh she looked like the Japanese women's version of Michael Jordan dribbling around these skyscraper girls from Russia flipping in layups over knocking down really? threes. it was entertaining yeah I watched the entire game I said uh, and that's the type of stuff uh I think that gets you interested in the Olympics when you see things like
2: that. It, it's it's fast it's kind of like bang bang yeah. everything's happening there's like no downtime whatsoever it's 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 pretty good I I Actually, did find it wildly entertaining. Mm-hmm. I was surprised. I'm guy. I kept it on yesterday as well. They have some water polo on in the studio right now. I, I know our buddy Doug Kazarian played water polo at Brown. Mm-hmm. I will say this, they have to be some of the best athletes in the entire world to be able to go out there and tread water like they do and go back and forth from one spot yeah, to the other. Your feet
0: don't touch the bottom. Oh the pool, man, right?
2: I, I, there's no way I could do that. There's no way. I, it's t- it's a tough watch for me, but just to like appreciate how talented they are, I can I can recognize that. Yeah.
0: So. All, All right, Doug had a tough when He was growing up. Grew up on the main streets playing water polo. Yeah, he really
2: did. Yeah, he did. Uh, it's Follow the Money here on V Snub. Next, we'll discuss what happened in the NFC North. Odds that uh, several books on Friday night were taken down. And knowing what we know right now, what's the best bet in that division? to put on your lucky pair of Crocs and channel your inner fortune teller because your prediction might just make you $10,000 richer. The Crocs Hoops Draft Prediction Challenge is coming and, dare we say, free to play on DraftKings.com. If the odds are in your favor, 10 G's could be yours. Learn more at DraftKings.com slash Crocs. By the way, go check out their NBA Draft Odds today at DraftKings as well. Uh, They offer like the top three players in the draft taken in order. You can bet that you know, a variety of different ways. It appears as if Cunningham Green into Mobley. That's minus one twenty. Mm-hmm. And of the mocks I was reading last night, it feels like that could be the order uh, tomorrow night.
0: Yeah, I was talking about this on Friday's show with uh, Aaron Renning. <clears throat> I read, uh, I read a story on the Athletic written by Seth Davis, and um, he interviewed a bunch of different NBA scouts, and he granted them anonymity. So. Uh, They were breaking down the top 50 prospects in the draft, and it was was an honest assessment of each of the players. When I read it, I came away thinking it was going to be Cunningham number one, Jalen Green number two, and Evan Mobley number three. Oh, did you? Okay. yeah. So I think it would be a surprise if that's not the case. You said that order is minus 120? It is now, yep. Yep. Jalen Green's an interesting prospect because we haven't had a chance to really see him play. No doubt. But he's been comp- compared to Bradley Beal and uh, scorers who can really fill it up. But all accounts, by all accounts, Cunning- Cade Cunningham is going to be the number one pick, and there's really no doubt about it right. at this point. Right.
2: All right, so what happened here in-, in Las Vegas and beyond on Friday night, Matt, with the NFC North? Wasn't that uh, interesting?
0: It was a little bit wild. I mean, the uh, rumor circulated Friday afternoon that Aaron Rodgers would retire. And all of a sudden, you saw sportsbooks all over the place taking down Packers numbers. Mm -hmm. It was a a premature.
2: Uh, Well, I mean, the reports, could it be that he retires this week? So then when Rodgers and Adams put up that uh, Instagram story of... Pippin and Jordan, people were freaking out. Oh, last year was the last dance.
0: Is that how what, what everybody's supposed to interpret well, from that? No, I'll tell you what. The difference is the Bulls actually won a championship. Uh, yeah, correct. And if it's a dance, uh, that means you win the whole thing. Yes. The Bulls won six titles the last three in a row. Uh, we haven't seen the Packers win a Super Bowl in a decade, so stop with the last dance. Yeah.
2: Or, or did it mean that this was going to be their last year playing together? Yeah, okay. Or did it mean that Rodgers is supposed to be jordan and adams is his pippin
0: uh those yeah it's not quite
2: i mean either way i and, understand
0: and, what you, the the uh analogy but um both those guys are under contract for with the packers for 2021 this organization are they going to screw it up this badly
2: or they're just going to be steadfast in their right what what they have here going right. nope
0: sorry I don't care. Go ahead and retire. Then we're not going to trade you. Well, not going mean, to do it. There's a lot to talk about. We have been talking about it for the past couple months, but uh, this was up on Pro Football Talk. Um, Packers' season win total bets disappeared at places like DraftKings, PointsBet, Westgate, multiple sports sportsbooks, uh, reportedly because Aaron Rodgers will be retiring this week. And that was a uh, story that the Book Friday, right? It was, yep. Uh, so Circus Sports actually kept the Packers' numbers up, lowered the win total made some adjustments to the Packers, several other. But the Westgate has every Packers game for the season up on the board. So the Westgate's in a little bit more difficult spot uh, as as far as that goes. I think if I'm a bookmaker, I'm probably taking it down because at this point you got to find out. You have to know what Aaron Rodgers... There's too big of a difference, Mitch. The guy's worth about 9, 10 points to a game line. I would agree. He's worth about... Four and a half or five. He, let's say he's worth five, at least five to a win total. It's, it's hard to leave the Packers up on the board with, with that player's status in, in limbo. Now, Matt Metcalf tweeted, and he said, uh, while other
2: books are racing basically to see who's the first one to pull him down, we have odds up here, and they do. They put him back up. Mm-hmm. Um, Metcalf is a guy who does not believe in having numbers on games or divisions or whatever off the board. He told us that last year. He was great when he was in the studio last year talking college football. He's like, I just, I'm talking to our guys, like, we got to have a number up on the game. We have to put a number yeah. up on a game. Well,
0: I, I love that mentality. And Matt Metcalf and his staff, Jeff Davis, all these guys do a great job with everything out of here. So everybody, you know, it's your right as a bookmaker to take a different approach. though, so if you want to yeah. take the numbers down, and I'm not going to criticize the books who did take the numbers down. Hey, uh, last time I checked, Circa doesn't have any college basketball futures up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. So those numbers, how about putting those numbers up?
2: Uh, yeah, no question. And by the way, maybe the best bet right now available on the board, if he doesn't come back and play, why not Vikings alternate win total open? Yes. Right? It's 10 at plus like 180, I believe, and we are live today from the OddTrader.com studio here at Circa Resort and Casino. Go to OddTrader.com, download the free OddTrader app right now, start winning with up to the second info that you need. I knew I was in trouble when I had two of the three golfers tied to the lead after day one to 3M. And now, no Rahm, no DeChambeau, who's worth a bet to win gold? That's next.
0: If you're looking for a hot tip to bet on, BetRivers Sportsbook has you covered every day. Go to Bet BetRivers app or BetRivers.com and find the game you want to bet on. Tap Tips, T-I-P-S, and you'll get instant research for the upcoming matchup. Try it out for baseball, soccer, tennis, golf, and a variety of sports, and to make your experience more rewarding, BetRivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one-time playthrough. BetRivers, your hometown sportsbook, this offer is valid. In Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Also available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey, and you must be 21. Betrivers.com.
2: Matt, I bet four golfers in the outrights at the uh, 3M this last weekend, yeah. and uh, two of them were Ricky Fowler, 59 to 1, and Troy Merritt, 96 to 1. Both numbers here at Circus Sports. Uh, both golfers tied for the lead. After Thursday, along with uh, Johnny Vegas, good old Johnny Vegas up there as well. Ooh
0: man, what what number did you get on Johnny Vegas? I did not bet him. Oh okay,
2: I did not. I had Fowler and uh, Merritt. I think Vegas was around hundred to one.
0: I, I saw Johnny Vegas close to triple digits. Yeah.
2: Yep. So I mean, just and then, and then on Saturday, Fowler is like two over, so he falls a bunch of strokes back. Then on uh, no, that was Friday. On Saturday, then he gets it going again early, and he gets he takes the lead again. He's 6-under for the day on Saturday, 11-under for the tournament. He's got a one-stroke lead, and then all of a sudden, oh, he loses a stroke, oh, he loses another one. And then before you know it, you look, and he shot a triple on 18 to go in, I think, at 6-under for the tournament, 1-under for the day. And I just like throw my hands up in the air like, "What? are you kidding me with this? And Merritt was just like, after that, he was stuck in neutral the whole tournament.
0: Yeah, I was actually Saturday when you texted me, and I could tell you were frustrated about Ricky Fowler. I was out at the Prim Valley Golf Club out there playing, and we were in the clubhouse watching it. And uh, we were talking about Ricky Fowler, how he went from like five under to 11 under and yep. then bounced back again. And uh, so that's what Ricky Fowler does on the weekend. Uh, you can't count on this guy to be consistent. I wonder how many more tournaments he's going to win throughout his career.
2: No, Not it's, many. It's a great question. Not no, many. no, it won't be many at I'm, all. I'm,
0: he's still a young guy, too. But I'm not sure where you'd put that prop, but he, he just cannot string four solid rounds together. Yep. He can't yep. do it anymore. Uh, but you're you getting great numbers on Ricky Fowler at this point. You're talking 59 to 1. I bet him in the PGA at 190 to 1 here at circa 190 to 1. This is a guy who a few years ago you're getting at like 30 to 1. Right, if that, right. sometimes. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's sometimes hard to resist that number, but Ricky Fowler is not going to find the win column too many times. And I. Uh, I sympathize with uh, your frustration, too, because uh, guess what? I bet Louis him for the second week in a row. Had him 36-1 to at the British, and he was a 54-hole leader. Didn't get there. I took him a 15-1 to this week. I said he's not the type of guy who's going to get down and depressed and uh, not play well. He's the best player in the field. He's really playing well. He's on a roll. He should be able to beat a weak field. I'm going to play him a 15-1. to That's the only bet I made. And he finishes two strokes off the lead. And somehow Cameron Champ, who's fighting uh, dehydration, looks like he's about ready to pass out on it the did. course, has a strong finish and wins by two over and Johnny Vegas, and Charles Schwartzel in a three-way tie uh, for second. So another uh, another runner-up for me with uh, Oosthuizen. But where's Ricky Fowler on that leaderboard, Mitch?
2: Yeah, can't find him. I think no. you've scrolled on like seven or eight more pages. Uh, Cam Champ. He entered the week, ranked 189th on tour in proximity from 125 to 150 yards. And he got it within three feet excuse me, three feet from 127 out in the last hole. When he was he took the driver out. I know. A number 18. And it, everybody's like, Well, first of all, what are you doing here, dude? You've like avoided it the entire week almost. And then he just absolutely smoked it to the left. Somehow he regained his composure. And he got it back and he stuck that one, like I said, within three feet, and
0: he somehow pars out and he wins by two. And that was after I think the seventeenth hole it was a sixteen or seventeen where he dropped like a twenty foot putt. Yep. And uh, I thought Ustazen was going to have a, a shot to win there, but not to be. And where's this Cameron Champ win? Where's he come from? He hasn't, he hasn't played like this all season. In fact, man, he was one hundred and fifty to one. He's missed eleven cuts. I was going to say circuit closed him at one thirty to one, I believe. Yeah. And uh, 130, 150-1, you could have found him in that range. How does how do you handicap this and say, well, I'm going to bet on Cameron Champ this week? Mm-hmm. There's no way. Wild. Absolutely wild. It yeah, so, looks like he's about ready to drop over and pass out on the back nine, and the guy holds on and wins the tournament. It really, yep. So no ROM, no Deshambo
2: because of uh, COVID protocol. I bet Matsuyama at 15-1. to 1. I only have a couple of bets. He's one of mm-hmm. them. To win gold over in Tokyo. Yeah. Yeah, so... You have any, how many bets do you have, if any?
0: Uh, none, but I'm going to make some here in the next two days. Uh, I don't think this course uh, for the Olympics really is going to give big hitters a big advantage. So when you handicap it, you're not looking for a Bryson DeChambeau type right, who's going right. to dwarf the course, so it's not going to happen. And he's not in the field anyway. Uh, so Colin Morikawa becomes the favorite. Uh, I, I kind of like your Matsuyama bet. I'm, I'm going to look at maybe a guy like Sanjay M., maybe Siwoo Kim., um, uh, I'm gonna break this down a little bit more. I, I initially had a bet on Francesco Molinari at 100 to one, but he had to withdraw. Right, right, right. right so that's a refund, and uh, I'll reinvest that in another player. All right, so this is really cool.
2: Something that you have on the uh, desk right next to you today. Take a, take a peek at this golf bag that you brought in today. And explain what we're looking at here, Matt. Is this a
0: great golf bag or what? Oh my God, it's awesome. Thanks to the guys at uh, Hickey Golf for this. H-I-C-K-E golf dot com. Uh, so the second annual Sin Invitational is uh, this weekend at Prem Valley Golf Club. It's Sunday. We have a noon shotgun start, two-player scramble format. we got about 40 players lined up as of now. And uh, Johnny Avello, DraftKings Sportsbook Director, is going to be out there. The Daily Wager crew from ESPN. Very nice. Doug Kazarian, Joe Fortenbaugh, Tyler Fulgham, and uh, Mackenzie Kramer. All those guys are coming out. We got, how about Pat Webb, who was outside the studio here last month from Portsmouth, Ohio, is flying back out with three buddies. Is that right? Yeah. We got guys coming from all over the country to play in this. Yeah. So we were talking about the tournament here on the show a few weeks ago, and. Guy from Hickey Golf notices this and says, I'm going to send you this golf bag, give it away as a prize at the tournament. And uh, here it is. So we got a lot of prizes like futures bets. I just got one here at Circa, Oakland A's to win the World Series at 30 to 1 odds. We're going to have closest to the pin, long drive contest, things like that. bunch of prizes to give away. It's free to play. Second year in a row we've had this tournament out in Prim Valley. And, uh, Cool things like this to give away as prizes. That prices. is
2: excellent. A beautiful looking white golf bag, again from uh, hickeygolf.com. And on it, uh, for those of you listening, it says second annual V Sin with the logo um, Golf Invitational 2021. The V Sin Invitational. That is, I mean, that is a stellar looking golf
0: bag, if I don't say so and so. I mean, my God. That's a great prize to give away. Yep. Appreciate that. Very cool. From the guys at Hickey Golf. Yep.
2: All right, so I took in a lot of college football over the weekend. I'll share some very good nuggets from a frequent guest on this show and one of our favorite college football betters. that's coming up next.
3: Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal
0: podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God
2: Today for the DraftKings Sportsbook, get a deposit bonus up to $1,000, download the app, sign up using the promo code VSIN, and get started with the only top-rated sportsbook that matters. DraftKings, you can bet on it. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9 with it. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook full terms and conditions. Matt, so I was i was listening to the Paul Stone sports podcast uh, a lot over the weekend i am now all the way caught up he has nine episodes out he does this is what i like about paul's podcast well, i like a lot about it but it's like between 15 and 30 minutes right in my right in my wheelhouse mm-hmm. like a two-hour podcast hour 32 whatever that's a bit lengthy i mean if you can shrink it down like that 15 30 minutes whatever that's beautiful that's that's exactly what i like so that
0: might be a yeah. personal preference obviously no, but i think uh, actually Quickly to interject, I agree with you. And one thing is, there are so many. There is a proliferation of podcasts yeah, out there. Yeah, Everybody's got a podcast. Uh, if I really enjoy a podcast like Stanford Steve and the Bear on ESPN, that's one of my favorites. I listen to that during the football season. But even if that drags to an hour or longer, I have to skip through it to different parts because you just don't have that much time in the day to listen to all the all the podcasts and things you want to hear. Right. I, I would prefer a podcast to be about twenty minutes. Maybe 30 minutes at most. Sure, sure. And Paul Stone keeps his in that window, which is good because I've listened to his as well.
2: Yep. Uh, look, I mean, you're exactly right. I wish I could sit there and listen to podcasts. after. Po- there are a lot that I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish I could sit there and listen to all of them like every single day. But just I'm one human being. You're one human being. It's, it's tough when you have so many other things that you got to do and cr- uh, cross off during a day. But anyway, uh, Paul's great. <sighs> he comes on with us every single Thursday. He broke down the Mac and Conference USA with us last week. We'll do two more conferences with him coming up. On Thursday, I, I will ask you this. So, if you go back, uh, he had one podcast called "Who Let the Dogs Out." Do you do you have a preference on gambling college? Like, do you do you prefer to look at dogs first? Does it not matter mm. to you whatsoever? Because we know some, like Dave Tooley in the NFL, he what ninety nine point five percent of the time he's betting dogs. Yeah, the the rare favorite will be thrown in there, but it's not often at all.
0: Well, I, first of all, I always look at dogs first. Yeah but you, you can't ignore the left-hand column. You can't ignore the favorite column. If if you do that, you're taking out, you know, half your options and some of the best bets are on the board are going to be favorites. Like I said one of the best bets in sports is a focused favorite, mm-hmm. right? So you have to certainly consider both sides of the board. You can't just be you can't be blind to the left-hand column. That's pretty much ex- Did you listen to his podcast? Uh, I I did not listen to that
2: one, no. That's pretty much exactly what he said like he he like he likes to look at dogs you know quite a bit but he said if you ignore that side you're wiping off 50% of the board okay he said like, you can't do that when it's a short sample size like this we only have a 3 months you know a of the year where we mm-hmm. get college football he's like you have to you have to consider everything in this so he was pointing that out he said um look for games where the scheduling favors the underdog like, you know, some people won't yeah. buy into any of this stuff. You know, clearly it's been a thing for a long, long time in college football, sandwich games, where a marquee opponent, team uh, might have a marquee opponent the week before, they play the sandwich team, and then they have a marquee opponent the next week. Sure. This is, uh, he found a good one on his schedule. He likes Liberty. He bet them in the games of the year over at the South Point, plus 11, against Ole Miss on November 6th. Ole Miss is coming off a game at Auburn, and they have a whole game, home game versus Texas A&M the following week. And don't forget, obviously, that Liberty's head coach is Hugh Freeze. He was to mm-hmm. coach at Ole Miss. And uh, Malik Willis, the quarterback at Liberty, is phenomenal. Right,
0: A lot of factors there with that sandwich game, and Liberty's going to be good again this year. That's that's a great example. That sandwich game, because you would think that Ole Miss players are going to look at that and say, well, we can coast through that game. Even though Liberty should have your attention, look at the teams on the other side of the Liberty game. Mm-hmm. And that's where, that's where those players are really going to be focused and not necessarily – on the middle game of the sandwich.
2: Yep. Uh, Paul asked the question, "How much stock do you put into a weather forecast?" And as he said, uh, you know, over the years we witnessed this several times. Where on Wednesday or Thursday of game week, right, the forecast might call for 100% rain, and then on the day of, oh look at this! All of a sudden, huh? Sunny skies, no rain whatsoever to be found. That's happened several times over the years in, in college football and the NFL.
0: Right, and a lot of times we talk about wind, too, and wind being a, uh, a bigger factor sometimes than uh, snow or rain, right? But uh, you find weather forecasts all the time that are inaccurate, and you'll, you'll play a game under because you, you see in the forecast wind, strong winds and uh, rain. Sure. And then you flip on the TV on Saturday morning, the game's about to come on, and uh, the sun's out. That happened in a bowl game. In fact, recently, I th- it might have been the Bahamas Bowl a year or two ago. We, we kept hearing how bad the weather was going to be. Like it was almost going to be near hurricane conditions. Sure, sure. And then the game came on, and that uh, was a perfect day. Yep. So I re- now I try not to overreact to weather.
2: I recall there was a Monday night game years ago in Seattle. I think it was Raiders-Seahawks. And the forecast, I think that day, was saying 100% rain for the game tonight. By the time it kicked off, nope, no rain. Couldn't find any during the game, not mm-hmm. a drop. Okay, all right, 100% chance doesn't happen. Uh, Paul points out, keep an eye on travel this year. Uh, you can relate to this, right? Yeah. If you haven't noticed yet, uh, a lot of flights are being either canceled delayed. or delayed big time across the country, and this has been a thing now for weeks. Yeah.
0: Travel's going to be a headache for a lot of these
2: teams. Yep, yep. Uh, you also, I, you know, it's good to have you on the show today. Paul was pointing this out, that he thinks a smaller school might have a chance at the playoff this
0: year. Cincinnati? He didn't really name names, but he likes Cincinnati. Cincinnati is a team I like a lot. And you talk about scheduling spots, too. Bearcats have two huge games early in the season. Uh-huh. September 18th at Indiana, then a bye week, Mitch, so it's a scheduling advantage, before they play October 2nd at Notre Dame. mm mm-hmm. Uh, but those two games mean everything to the Bearcats. If they happen to play, have an opponent in the middle, you would definitely want to bet the opponent in the middle between the Indiana and the Notre Dame games. Right. But I think Cincinnati might have an outside shot. And I see 100-1 to 1 odds or so on Cincinnati out there. I, it's, it's deeper into triple digits when you're talking about two rods because of all the high hurdles the Bearcats have to clear just to get into the playoff, all right? Yep. So I, I love the Cincinnati team. We're seven years into the four-team playoff when you have zero group of five teams have uh, been able to reach the playoff. There have been 28 playoff spots, okay? 20 of those have gone to four teams. 20 of the 28 playoff spots have gone to four teams. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma. Sounds about right. Yeah. Okay. Uh,
2: He also said that a reason why he thinks a team maybe like Cincinnati can sneak in this year, he pointed out that Alabama is his preseason number one but he thinks Bama is the lowest number one team he's had in his power ratings going into a season that he can remember.
0: You know, I, I tend to agree with Paul on that. Uh, Chris Andrews was on the show with me on Friday on uh, my guys in the desert show, and Chris said he had one of his highest ratings He has one of his highest ratings right now in Alabama. Does he really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: I think the reason why is because well, first of all, like the teams at the top again this year, Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, they all lost their quarterbacks. The first round quarterback for sure. Alabama only has 3 offensive starters back. Clemson only 5 offensive starters are back. And Ohio State they have 11 on back on both sides of the ball. And his fourth ranked team is Georgia. They have 5 guys back on defense. Defense is going to be good again this year, but he thinks the offense might be a tick down this season. So all of that combined, if they do slip and if like if Alabama plays up to that level where yeah. it is his lowest rated number 1 power team or power rated team in like 20 plus years of doing this, then maybe they all slip. Right? Maybe they have losses along the way, and if Cincinnati runs the table with two impressive wins, maybe what you said a couple of weeks ago it would be true.
0: Well, I tend to agree with Paul Stone on this. I, I think he's onto something here. Um, the problem with uh, the teams in the group of five slipping into the, uh, <laughs> squeaking their way into the playoffs, you got to be perfect. You can't slip up. You have to yeah. run the table. And not only do you have to run the table, you have to have a, at least a couple of marquee wins. Mitch, I'll throw this at you quickly. Let's say Cincinnati runs the table. Beats Indiana, beats Notre Dame on the road. What's the argument going to be late in the season to try to keep Cincinnati out of the playoff? Because you know there are going to be people throwing that argument out there. Well, Indiana's not as good as we thought they were going to be uh, preseason. Can be one, right? uh, Notre Dame's not that good mm-hmm. this year. Could be right?
2: uh, You're al- going to start to hear things like that. It's yeah. also going to be, well, look at they. Look at that was all the
0: way 2 months ago yeah, that guys. was in September early October. Right. That stuff doesn't matter now. Who have yeah. they played since then? Yeah, look at this how nobody. weak the schedule's been since that Notre Dame win. they played nobody.
2: I don't maybe maybe this is the year where it really <laughs> comes down to that where could they take a 2 win, 2 loss team over a team like Cincinnati who's undefeated. It could happen. Because really? that there'll be a big push for that, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, another thing that he pointed out uh top 10 passing teams each year since 2018 Wazoo, San Jose State, and Purdue, uh, they've been top 10 passing teams in terms of overall percentage of passes per game mm-hmm. each of the last three seasons. Did you know that your Boilermakers were in the top three or
0: top 10 the last three years? Yeah, because they've had no running attack. huh. They've been trailing in a lot of games, so yeah, they throw the ball a lot, and that's not the formula for ATS success. How
2: about this? So the top 10 passing teams from each of the past three years, 30 teams overall, right? Top 10 passing teams in terms of how many times they pass compared to how many times they run last three seasons. Combined, they were minus 114 in turnover differential. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Top 10 running teams, 2018, 19, and 2020, they had a combined plus 149 turnover differential. And ATS going back that many years, 137 and 175 ATS for the heaviest passing teams when favored... Heaviest passing teams, 51 and 74 ATS. Mm-hmm. And uh, top running teams the past three years, 176 and 139 ATS during that time.
0: So running the ball is still the uh, formula for success, the most reliable way.
2: Well, if you look at the the teams who do it the most, mm-hmm. right, running compared to the teams who pass the most in college football, yep. over the years you're, you're winning more money for sure. You're hemorrhaging money betting on the passing teams. You're not so... Not doing so run. You know, with running teams.
0: Great information there from uh, Paul Stone right.
2: on the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Really good stuff. We'll talk more college football with Chris Feliga coming up in about an hour and 10 minutes from right now. Michael Lombardi on the NFL in about 10. And up next, a good move was made yesterday in Major League Baseball. Other teams now need to do the same thing.